Let's pray. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for um, just the past point class, Lord, being able to laugh and um, just really uh, enjoy uh, people who uh, love you, Lord. You know, we can go into the world and we can get a lot of things, but um, to get fellowship uh, similar to this is uh, it can't be bought, Lord, and uh, it can't be found. And so uh, these are genuine relationships with people who uh, have a heart to serve you, and I can't imagine... Uh, I couldn't wish for anything else other than uh, just a room full of people uh, who desire to serve you like this. So, Lord, I do pray that you'd speak to us today. Uh, We're going to kind of get into um, a subject that I don't feel like I have a lot of authority on, uh, Lord, but I do uh, understand that your word does, and I pray that you would uh, speak very clearly and that you would uh, get the honor and the glory uh, from all of it, Lord. And so uh, I pray that things would come across um, uh, just... uh, softly and that uh, people wouldn't be offended, but uh, the Word of God would be glorified. So I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so if you got your Bibles, uh, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. So speaking of marriage, that's kind of what we've been talking about. Um, uh, we're going through 1 Corinthians chapter 7, which is known as uh, the, the kind of marriage chapter um, in in the New Testament, obviously there's stuff in Ephesians chapter 5, different things like that, but Paul has a lot of things to say. And so for the last two weeks, we talked uh, about some of the things that Paul said to uh, maybe single people or those who uh, have been widowed and uh, are no longer married. And uh, he just kind of referenced, hey, you might be better off uh, if you stayed single. And, you know, you might be like, what does that mean? Well, uh, you know, if you've been married, you understand sometimes it's hard and you can get, you, there's a lot more freedom uh, in being single. And so go back and listen to all that. I don't want to reteach all that. So anyway, uh, he goes on and he gets into a subject that uh, a lot of people don't uh, either understand or uh, want to talk about, uh, or uh, either one. And so everybody kind of has their own preconceived idea of what the Bible says about this, and uh, so they think that that's the only thing that it says, and so we're just going to look uh, at a lot of verses today, because, uh, again, I don't really have a lot of authority on it, but the Bible does. And so, uh, title today, no list, but a title, uh, what about the big D, right? And so, uh, what about the big D? We're going to talk about uh, a divorce today, because uh, that's what... Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 7. And so let me get there. And wow, can't find it. Here it is. Okay, so uh, uh, let me just, uh, it's never, I don't want to say it's never good. Uh, I always feel like if you ever have to preface what you're going to say with something, then maybe you shouldn't say it. Um, But this is what we need to talk about today because I don't skip over what the Bible says. Uh, and so uh, I will say this. Uh, there's a lot of things that are covered under the blood of Christ. There's a lot of things that have happened uh, in the past. And there's a lot of things that have happened uh, that were not in our control uh, or maybe uh, were in your control. I don't know. And so uh, I'm just going to uh, let you know what the Word of God says. And there's no reason to be... Uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. There's no reason to be uh, beat up about what has happened in the past, uh, whether you made the wrong decisions, maybe whether you made the right decisions, whether uh, you got dealt a bad, a bad hand of cards. I don't know. It's all, it's all, this, all I'm trying to say is uh, it's all under the blood. And at this point, can anybody go back and change the past, save Christ? No. So what's the point of trying? And what's the point of dwelling on it? Um, that's something that we try to uh, instill just in uh, our lives is you can't change what's already happened. Uh, you just can't. Um, and so all you can do is uh, address what you're going to do from today moving forward. 
Okay, and so as we look at these things, uh, don't be uh, like, well, I don't, I don't, is that really, like, this is just what it says, and this is how you should maybe live your life from today moving forward. And that's all I'm going to say, right? Uh, there's a lot of things that are covered under the blood. If you want to talk about uh, past things that I shouldn't have done that I did, uh, I probably have a longer list than you do. Uh, okay, but it's all under the blood, and so we're just going to move forward with this. So anyway, uh, with that being said, uh, we're going to be First uh, Corinthians chapter 7. So it's hard to speak with authority on something, you know, without being there. And so, uh, praise the Lord, you know, Paige isn't uh, trying to leave me today. At least I don't think so. And so I don't know a whole lot, uh, about divorce. It would be like me saying, you know, you know, back in the war, uh, I wasn't at the war, right? I, I didn't, I wasn't there. I don't know. Uh, and so it's hard to speak with authority on something. It's hard to be like, Hey, this is how you should do it. You know, there's a lot of things that I can kind of speak with authority on, uh, when it comes to, you know, trying to, you know, Build something, I can be like, hey, I know the guy you should talk to. Go talk to Tyler, right? Or, or whatever. Like, there's certain things that I can speak with a little bit of authority on, uh, you know, but I can't, uh, per se, you know, I, so Chris works at the Arm and Hammer factory, right? And, and here's what I know about that. Uh, they take ingredients and they put soap into bottles. That's all I know. And so somebody could be like, uh, hey, explain that to me. And I could be like, give you this whole big old long dissertation on, well, this is how it's done because I read it in a book, but I wasn't there, right? It's very similar to uh, if you've ever seen the first Top Gun movie, right? And maybe you haven't. Uh, but uh, they go into this flight school and uh, for their instructor, they get this uh, gal in there trying to explain to them what the manual says about this. And these guys are like, you've never been there. You don't know what you're talking about, right? Uh, and, you know, there's references in the movie. Anyway, I'm not going to go there, but... Uh, uh, anyway, it's a good, it's a good movie. Uh, anyway, uh, but if you've never been there, it's hard to speak with authority. So I'm trying to tell you right now, uh, I don't really have a lot of authority unless I have the authority to speak from. And I believe that the word of God is the authority on all of this. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So, uh, here's kind of the analogy I'm going to give you today to follow, right? And it's not like a list, but it's an analogy. So we're going to look at this topic of divorce. Okay. Uh, and first Corinthians talks about it from the context of, uh, in the church, somebody who's saved, right? And so, but I'm going to look at this from, uh, I don't know, I'll use the analogy, the example of like, Hey, you have a question in life, whatever it is today, it's this, but you have a question about what the word of God says about this, right? And so you might be like, Jason, what does the word of God say about this? I'm like, wait, I, I, I can give you three doors to choose from, right? Uh, door number one, uh, is going to be, uh, about the subject, but it really has nothing to do with you, right? Okay. Uh, door number two is uh, still about the subject, uh, but it really wasn't written to you. It's definitely about it. And door number three is the same thing about the subject, and it is what the Word of God says to you as the church, right? And I'd be like, you can only have one answer. Which one do you want? You know, it might be like a real situation in life. Like, what does the Word of God say uh, about you know me getting... Uh, a tattoo. I don't know. Whatever. And so, like, okay, here's your three examples. Like, which one do you want? Well, I want to know what the Old Testament says because it has nothing to do with me, Jason. Right? No. Generally, you're going to be like, okay, tell me what, tell me what the one that's most relatable to me is. Right? And generally, that's the answer I'm going to get. Like, tell me, you know, okay, I can go study the other ones on my own. But, but I know how y'all are, and you're like, but if he only tells me what this says, is he trying to hide something from me? So no, we're not going to do that. I'm going to show you all of it so you can just know uh, from from the very beginning, right? And so door number one is going to be like the Old Testament answers for lost people, right? 
they weren't saved in the Old Testament. It has things to say about it in the Old Testament, but it has really nothing to do with you, right? We understand that the whole Bible is written for you, but it's not written, written to you, okay? And so there's different things you can take from it. But, but anyway, so door number two is like the New Testament answer, still for lost people. Uh, and it comes from the authority, Jesus Christ himself, but it wasn't the letter that was written to you as the church. And then door number three is the answers that Paul gives today uh, in 1 Corinthians. We know it was a letter written to the church. You are the church. And so before we see how to be divorced, because, you know, that's what we're talking about today, which is really awkward to me because usually I don't even allow that word to be uh, spoken. But uh, before we see how to be divorced, we should probably see what being married was supposed to look like in the first place. So if you got your Bibles, flip over to uh, Genesis. We're going to do some flipping today. I usually don't do that. But uh, again, I don't have a whole lot of authority. But if you want to challenge the Word of God, then feel free. Um, you know, lightning comes whenever it wants. So, you know, you want to question what the Word of God says, that's on you. Uh, Genesis, Genesis chapter 2. Let's just talk about the very first marriage here and what this was, quote unquote, supposed to look like. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 21. It says, and the Lord, call, uh, Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. Now, you can do a lot of study here, and uh, sleep in the Bible sometimes means death, and like, do your own study. Oh, we're, we're moving along here. Uh, he caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman. And brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of the man. Therefore, verse 24, this is where I want to get to, shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and the wife, and they were not ashamed. This, so we understand that uh, consummation is what uh, seals a marriage, and so that's what happens here. And so this was the first, quote-unquote, marriage uh, of the Bible. And it says that they are supposed to leave father and mother. You know, we understand the leave and cleave analogy, right? You're supposed to leave father and mother and cleave unto your wife. You know, we'll get into this when we get into the marriage thing, but uh, gals, you've got to leave mom and dad and cleave unto your husband. Uh, guys, you have to leave the things that you know and the preconceived ideas you have and cleave unto your wife because that's all you got. Uh, in the movie Fireproof, if you've seen it, if you haven't seen it, uh, you should see it because it's really good. The acting's terrible, but the movie's really good. Uh, they take, uh, for, for uh, an analogy, uh, the, the fire chief, the guy who's the spiritual leader in the thing, he takes the salt and pepper shakers and he glues them together with super glue. And uh, Kirk Cameron's like, what in the world did you do that for? I don't like salt or whatever. And he's like, this is what happens when you get married, right? You are now together. You don't have separate lives where you kind of come together to make things better in some areas, but you're now together all the time, right? And you're very different. You're, you're created very different. Salt and pepper are nothing alike. But when you put them together on the right food, it's really good. And so the, the analogy there is, well, what am I going to do about it now? And he says, you can try to break them apart, but what's going to happen if you do? You'll break one or both of them. You know, because he used glass shakers when he did this. You know, so he's like, if you can try to break these things apart, but what's going to happen? If you do, you're going to break one of the other. So the, the picture of marriage is once you come together, there's really not an option of coming back apart. Now, I understand, and I preface this, and this is the last time I'm going to preface it, uh, things have happened in the past, okay? But what I'm talking about is from today moving forward, it's really not an option. You have chose, I don't know anybody in here that was like, I was forced to get married, Right? <laughs> Phil, 
<laughs> so hey, there's this class coming up on Saturday nights. Uh, you might want to be there. Anyway, you, nobody here was forced to get married. Nobody. You chose it. Now, maybe you chose it for all the wrong reasons. And at the time, they may have seemed like the right reasons. But I promise, things change. Let me just tell you, things change. Okay, so it could have been for all the wrong reasons, but you chose to be married. That isn't like a choice that goes until something changes. right? It doesn't work like that. You chose to bind yourself together. Okay, That is what God created marriage to look like. The first concept of marriage wasn't, well, if you don't like her, you can go ahead and let her go later. It was designed to be, you chose this, you are now bound. Not bound in the sense of, I can't leave, but bound in the sense of, why would I leave? I couldn't survive without them. Right? We, we look at words and we're like, oh, that, that's very, you know, condemning. And like, it's not that at all. Uh, I'm bound in the sense of, like, if something was to happen to Paige, like, the, the, the thought of her leaving just doesn't, I mean, or the thought of me leaving her, I don't know, maybe she thinks about, you know, peeling out. I don't know. I don't think so. But, uh, the thought of me leaving, that's like not even a thought. But the thought of, you know, something could happen in an accident or something, like, I'm bound in the sense that I, I wouldn't know what to do without having the spouse that I have, okay? And so that is what God designed marriage to look like. It's like there wasn't a choice. There wasn't a, like, that was the only choice, okay? But what happens in Genesis? You know, there's this really uh, ugly thing that happens. Uh, there's this thing called sin. And anything that was designed a certain way seems to go the other way. And so uh, that's what we're going to look at today. So we understand that's what it was designed to look like. So if you're married and you're like, why are we talking about this? Well, that's because what Paul's talking about. But it's designed to never be broken. Because if you try to break them apart, you're going to break one or both of them. And you're no good for anybody, right? God included. It's just, it's really hard to be. Okay, so, but life happens. Sin happens. When we think about marriage, uh, we shouldn't think about happy. That's what the world will say. You know, you got, I got to be happy. I want to be happy. What's the ultimate goal of marriage? If somebody was to ask you, what is the ultimate goal of marriage? What would you say? Somebody give me an answer. One answer. Okay. What? To be happy. Okay. No, no, that's. It's funny to me. Okay, so let me just tell you, like, I'm, this maybe not is, isn't the authority, but uh, this should be a really good uh, directional, like, where we're talking about. The ultimate goal of marriage is the marriage of two, not people, but two souls. Because God created you as a living soul bringing glory to God. Your goal isn't like, well, I mean, that was fun. Or, well, I enjoyed it more when we did that. Or, you know, I liked it better when your hair was short. Or, you know, I liked it better when... I I did not like it better when your hair was short, by the way. I don't have time for this story, but I showed up one day. This was like soon after we got saved and uh, didn't tell me she was getting her hair cut. She knows that like, I don't know, I just prefer long hair. And and she was like so scared to tell me about it that she waited till I like showed up at our friend's house and I like walked in and I like, I couldn't speak. (laughs) For four days. (laughs) (laughs) I was young in the Lord. Very, very young in the Lord. Maybe not even saved yet. It was right there at that time frame, though. Anyway, that's a story for Saturday nights coming up. Uh, anyway, uh, the ultimate goal should be the marriage of two souls bringing glory to God. It's not about, well, I'm, I'm not happy anymore. This changed or that changed or guess what? Uh, are you bringing God glory? Like, is God somehow getting glory out of this thing? 
Uh, what about with the kids? You know, what about with uh, our ministry? What about with because everything you do is together, correct? Because you left and you clave to one another, right? Uh, I used this example when I was teaching through James, and I don't remember why, but uh, when I think of the word cleave, this is what I think about. Uh, if I was to jump out of a plane with like somebody, and for whatever reason my parachute didn't work, uh, and then like the person, because you know in the movies they can like fly around and catch each other, and I'm like, is that really how that works? I don't know, but like so. I'm able to like fly over before we get to the ground and I get a hold of the guy that his parachute's going to work. Uh, when I think of the word cleave, that's what I'm going to do to him. <laughs> like, I'm going to hold on so tightly that there's going to be a lasting impression <laughs> of, of what happened here. Um, that's what I, so like when I think of the word cleave, that's what it means. So when I think of leave and cleave, that is how tightly, uh, how bound uh, I am to the woman that I chose to marry, okay? And so uh, also when when you're single, these are the things you need to think about. Uh, Is that the person that you want to be bound to for the rest of your life? That's up to you. Uh, So anyway, but life happens, sin happens. So what about divorce, right? First off, if you're married today, uh, I don't care about the past. The marriage you're in today should never have this word spoken. So I understand a lot of people have come from different backgrounds. Uh, I know that there's multiple people in this room uh, that have been married and divorced, okay? And you're remarried, okay? And that's that's great. Like, there's nothing unbiblical about where you're at, okay? So just breathe. It's okay. What I'm talking about is the marriage you're in today, this word is not an option. The word divorce, if that's ever on your mind, that's always where you're thinking. If this doesn't go my way, then that's where I'm thinking. If this doesn't happen, that's what I'm thinking. If this, this, this happens, then that's where my mind goes. That can never be where your mind goes because you're always looking for an out. Whether you know it or not, you're subconsciously always looking. That word is not an option. Okay. So when you look at it biblically, your marriage, that word's not an option. But we're going to talk about it today because that's what Paul's talking about. For the sense of, well, you'll see. Okay, so it shouldn't be spoken. But because this is where we're at today, we're going to look uh, behind the doors to see what the authority says. So door number one, flip over to Deuteronomy chapter 24. We're just going to look at the verses and see where we're at. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 24. This is Old Testament. Obviously not written to you. It's written to the nation of Israel. Uh, And so uh, they... uh, uh, Sorry, I did like think in my head where Deuteronomy was because it just fell out. Deuteronomy chapter 24. I'm like, I know it's at the beginning, but where's it at? Uh, so this is what it says. So uh, in my Bible, it gives little excerpts of like, this is kind of about what this passage is about. So the excerpt says, laws concerning domestic relations. It's like way before it's time on uh, what we're going to talk about here. So it says in verse 1, When a man hath taken a wife and married her, and come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, because he hath... <laughs> Because he hath found some uncleanness in her, then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it in her hand and send her out of his house. See, it says right there, I can get divorced whenever I want to, right? This woman wasn't clean. What it says. Verse 2. And when she departed out of his house, she may go and be another man's wife. Okay, it says right there, I can go get remarried. And if later, uh, and if the latter husband hate her and write her a bill of divorcement, well, two strikes, you're out, I guess, I don't know, and giveth it in her hand and sendeth her out of her house, or the latter husband die, uh, which took her to be his wife, her former husband, which sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife. So it kind of gets into, like, 
you have this wife and you decide you don't like her anymore so you can get rid of her and she goes and marries somebody else, but for whatever reason, if she gets divorced a second time, the only rule that's really applied here is the first guy can't have her back. <laughs> like, what? Like, of all the things that you could say, Old Testament, like, really? That's where we're going to go with this? Okay, so uh, does that have anything at all to do with us today as the church? Not really. Right? Not really. And we'll talk about why here in a minute. Because uh, the, the Pharisees, they reference this and they try to catch Jesus in his words. But that really has nothing to do with it, right? This is spoken to lost people. Anybody in here? I mean, I'm just looking around the room. Like, anybody in here lost? No. Right? Uh, this is spoken to lost people. Um, and it has nothing to do with you, Okay? Uh, but that's what it says. And so I wanted to tell you, it's like, well, he didn't tell me what the Old Testament said about it. That's what it says, right? Uh, doesn't say much, okay? Okay, fast forward. Door number two, Jesus has a little bit more to say about it. Matthew chapter five. Everybody wants to talk about, well, what does it say about that? And these are some of the, the verses we start getting tripped up on. Matthew chapter five. I gotta get moving. Verse 31. It hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. This is Jesus talking. Words are in red here. But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, save for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. Right? And so he's, that's, that's basically all it says. And it's like, what is, what is it? What? So it says that I can get divorced, but if I do, then I'm causing her to sin. That's basically what he's trying to say. But like, how does that tie together? Well, again, again, very quickly, Jesus is talking to the lost when he says all this. He's not talking to the disciples. Uh, he's not talking about his followers. He's talking to the uh, the multitude as a whole. The Pharisees have tried to question him, right? And this is what he says. This is, he's like, yeah, that's what it says in the Old Testament. Fast forward to chapter 19, Matthew chapter 19. He might be like, what in the world does this have to do with him? I promise we're getting to where we need to go. But I'm telling you, like, everybody wants to know, well, what about that over there? And what about, well, we'll talk about it. 1 Corinthians is very clear. It's, it's black and white. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 7. Then said they unto, or they say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement to put her away? He saith unto them, so they're trying to catch him. Like, so you say that I'm not supposed to get divorced, but why does the Old Testament say that I can't? You know, Moses was the dude back in the day. So like, uh, he saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. Remember back in the beginning, we looked at it, you know, they cleave, leave and cleave. It was not so. And I say unto you, who shall ever put away his wife, they said to me for fornication and uh, shall marry another, committeth adultery, and whosoever marrieth her, uh, which is put away, doth commit adultery. His disciples say unto him, if the case of the man be so with his wife, it is, uh, it is not good to marry. But he saith unto them, all men cannot receive this saying, Say they whose which is given. For there are some eunuchs uh, which were so born of their mother's womb, and there are some eunuchs uh, which were made eunuchs of men, and there be some eunuchs which uh, have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. Uh, you know what a eunuch is? You should uh, just do a study. Uh, we're not going to speak candidly this morning. That's uh, a steer. That's a very uh, good analogy of it. Uh, he's, he's, he's trying like a steer. Um, so, anyway... Uh, what he's saying here is, uh, yeah, you're right. That is what Moses said. Go get divorced. 
who was Moses talking to? He's talking to lost people. And I guess do whatever you want to do. Uh, but what Jesus says, he adds on, uh, if you're going to do that now, you're causing not only yourself to sin, but them to sin. Because what? It was designed to be leave and cleave. Again, he is still talking to the lost multitude here. His disciples ask a question for him to clarify, but he doesn't really talk much about marriage at that point afterwards. So again, yeah, it says right here, it's okay to get divorced. You know, there's reasonings and this and that. He's talking to lost people. Right? Your lost friend wants to know if it's okay to get divorced. I would advise you to counsel them. You probably ought to try to stick it out. Uh, but at the end of the day, like they're not bound by any law. Uh, I've always held the stance of if you're going to be lost, you better live like you're lost because that's the only fun you're going to get to have in life, I guess. The only enjoyment you have because eternity doesn't uh, lend itself to you as a lost person. So again, this is all written to lost people. Uh, has anybody in their life ever done something when they were lost that looking back on in their saved life, they're like, I probably ought not have done that. Right? Uh, Meredith's back there because she's like, nope, I've never done anything. Right? The point is, we've all done things in ignorance. Right? There's a difference between ignorance and stupidity. Right? Uh, Ignorance is I just didn't know any better. I didn't know. Okay, so there's a lot of things you did in ignorance. Um, I could tell you stories, but I don't have time. So that's good. Uh, It also references the same... uh, the same passage in Mark chapter 10 and verse 4, uh, but that's not what I don't have time to get there. So it says the same thing. He's just re- replying to the, the Pharisees again about the same thing. Okay? Lost people. Flip back over to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We have six verses to get through. I have five and a half minutes. We can do this. It's very clear. I say we can do this because it's very clear. There's not like a, but what if, and yeah, but what if, and uh, so this is where we're at. I, I spent all that time getting here because it's it's just very clear. Um, and I don't want to be like, but what about those other passages? Okay, I just read the other passages to you. He's talking to lost people. Like, when you're looking for an answer on, hey, how should I raise my kids? Do you go back and see how it was supposed to be done when you were lost? Uh, when you're looking at, like, hey, how should I treat my husband? Do you do it like, hey, this is how you should do it? If you... No. Well, I'm going to give you what the Bible says to the church, to brothers and sisters in Christ. These are saved people. First Corinthians chapter 7. And unto the married, in verse 10, I'm sorry. So we just got through everything we talked about last week. These are questions that they had asked him, right? So he's answering a question. And unto the married, I command, yet not I, but the Lord. This came from God. This isn't just Paul speak, right? Let the wife, I'm sorry, not let not the wife depart for her husband. But if, but, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife. Okay, so he's saying, he's talking to the church here. So these, you know, hey, I have a question about something. Uh, do you want to know uh, what the Bible has to say to lost people about this or saved people about this? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm saved, so probably what the Bible has to say about, so okay, this is what it has to say. It says that if you're not really loving your husband because he's an idiot stick, uh, it doesn't say, Write her, write him a bill of endorsement, like it says in Deuteronomy. And it doesn't say, like it says in Matthew and Mark. It doesn't say that, right? It doesn't say that, oh, if things aren't going good, then this is the option. What does it say? It says that let not the wife depart from her husband, but if, it doesn't say that she can't, but it says if she does, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. Sometimes there's need in the world we live in for separation. There are there are abuse issues. There, like I'm not downplaying anything. Sometimes there is a necessity to separate. 
What it says is that doesn't give you the cool to go marry somebody else. Like, oh, I really wish I could. Like, that's, that's not what it says. Okay, what it says is you need to leave, then I, I guess do what you got to do. But you're going to remain unmarried. That's what it says to the church. I didn't write it. I'm just reading it to you. Okay? What else does it say? But to the rest, speak I, not the Lord. Paul's like, okay, that is exactly what God had to say about it. I've got some things that I'll add, right? And I've been through some things. And so uh, Paul is an apostle, uh, born out of due time. We understand that the things he says are of authority. But to the rest, speak I, not the Lord. If any brother, okay, we're talking about saved people here, right? I don't go to the world and be like, hey, brother, right? No, but when I'm... That's the word that we use in reference to being born again, right? You're my brother from another mother, right? That's how that works. Okay, so, but if any brother... Where are we at? Sorry. But to the rest of the... If any brother hath a wife that believe not... Okay, so that means that I got saved and Paige didn't, Right? So that that's this is the issue. This is this this is the circumstance. If I get saved and she doesn't, what does it say? What about that? Well, now you're unequally yoked. And if you go to First Corinthians chapter or Second Corinthians chapter six, it says that uh, you're not supposed to be yoked together with unbelievers. So I get to leave that gal, right? No, no, no. That's not what it says. He clarifies this very quickly because he knows that's where people are trying. They're they're looking for a loophole. That's the world we live in. If he has the wife that believed not. And she'd be pleased to dwell with him. She's like, I don't care if you go to church, but I ain't going, right? I don't care if you serve Jesus, but I ain't doing it. If she'd be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. You don't have, because you're now holy and she's not, the right to be like, yeah, okay, well, I got to go find myself a Christian woman. Or I got to go find myself a Christian. That's not, it says, no, no, no. That's not what it says. Uh, There's no loophole here. Uh, if she's good to dwell with you, you married her. You get to live with her, right? Uh, that's what it says. Uh, it goes on to say, And a woman which hath a husband that believe not, if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. Ladies, single ladies that are listening to this online, Mickey, I think you're, and Elizabeth, uh, trying to think of single people in the room that are hearing what I'm saying. Um, it, you get saved and you know, you've got like the perfect fixer-upper of a husband and you're like, you know what? I can make this work. Uh, you know what the Bible says about that? You're stuck. You don't get to leave. Uh, it says, if he pleased to dwell with you, like, yeah, I don't care if you go to church, but I ain't doing it. I ain't mowing the grass either, right? I ain't going to work either. And you know what it says? You're not going anywhere because you'll be out of the will of God. Right? Something about a lawnmower? Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is, this is why, as a single, it is super important to find somebody to marry that is of the like mind. That is where Second Corinthians chapter 6 plays a huge role in what it's saying because it says, be not unequally yoked. Okay? But he clarifies here, if you were already married before one of you got saved, here's the rules of engagement. Right? Pretty simple. For the unbelieving, here's why. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. You might be like, you don't know my husband. Well, I'm just telling you. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. It's better to have one person saved in the house than none. Right? You might be the only Jesus they get to see. Else were your children unclean, but now they're holy. At least they've got somebody giving them a godly influence. At least they've got somebody. There is no out because you got saved and now you want to go find somebody that's more holy than them. Uh, you should have picked better at the beginning, right? Um, I'm just telling you. I asked you last week when we talked about this. I'm like, it says that... Uh, 
you know, I want to, to avoid fornication, I need to get married. Uh, you better make sure that's the person you want to avoid fornication with for the rest of your life. Right? Because that's what it says. Very quickly. But if the unbelieving depart, okay, so, like, but well, what if they leave? This person's a Jesus freak. I don't want to be around that guy. I don't want to be around that gal. Like, she's a freak. Like, what happened to you? It says, if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. Right? If that's what they want to do, it is what it is. Right? You're not bound by the law to that. Let them depart. Gotta find it. Uh, where are we at? Hang on. Uh, if the unbelieving husband, uh, but if the unbelieving depart, let them depart. A brother or sister in the church, right, is not under bondage in such cases. But God hath called us to peace. For what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? Or what knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? Right? And then he goes on into a different passage. But what he's saying is, here's basically what he says to the church on divorce. And I'm a little bit over. He says, if you're married, you need to stay married. I don't really like them anymore. I'm not really happy. Right? They don't do this anymore. If you're married... You need to stay married. Right? Well, what about the previous marriage? What about it? Like, you're going to go back in time and be remarried to them, even though now you're under the blood married to this person? That's not. It's in the past. Can you go back and change the past? Because I can't. This is where you're at. Live godly from today moving forward. Okay? Okay, but what about if I get saved and then this other gal, my wife doesn't get saved? Or what about if she gets saved and he doesn't? Uh, it says that you're going to stay married to them because that's the person you chose. And you're going to do everything you can for the rest of your life to get Jesus in their life. That's what it says. What about if they leave? Oh, it's very clear. Then I guess let them leave. And you're okay to remarry at that point. Like There are situations in the Bible where divorce is okay. It's very clear. Like, even for a saved person, that's what it says. There are situations, you know, not very many, but there are situations where it is okay. So some people, like, early on when I got saved, I'm like, I couldn't reconcile it all in my head because I didn't completely understand the verses. There are situations. But what I'm telling you is you never should get there in the first place. I understand there's people in this room that have been divorced. It's in the past. It's under the blood. Move forward. You're married to someone else now. It is a picture of Christ in the church. Is there ever going to be a time that it's like, well, Jesus really ain't enough for me anymore. I'm going to go find a new God, right? You know, I, I hear that Baal's pretty cool, right? Or, you know, no, you're not. That's not how it works. You're going to work on yourself to get your heart right and follow Jesus. Oh, well, same thing should probably happen in your marriage. Uh, I'm going to work on myself and get my heart right. And uh, you want to know how? Come on Saturdays and we'll talk about that. So uh, if that's clear as mud, then I hope it is. If you have questions, I'll be glad to answer them. Um, the point here is this is speaking to you today about the marriage you're in moving forward. Okay? If you have questions, I'll be glad to answer them, uh, show you some, some stuff. But that's basically the black and white of what the Bible says about divorce. We're not going to talk about that anymore because it's not a word that we use. It's not in my vocabulary. Uh, you don't like me, that's fine. You're going to live with me. Right? Uh, this is part of it. And uh, hopefully I can get my heart right and you can get her, your heart right and we can move forward. Uh, the goal here is to give God glory, not to be happy. So, anyway, uh, let's pray. We'll get out of here. Um, it's under the blood. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I uh, thank you for uh, having passages like this that we don't like to talk about uh, because it gives clear 
cut answers to the situations uh, when they arise. And so uh, if this wasn't in the Bible, uh, we would just do whatever we wanted. And so uh, the Bible is very clear. Uh, I do pray that you would just uh, bless the marriages that are here, uh, that you would get the honor and the glory for them. I do pray that uh, we're married not for what we can get out of it, but for what we can give you through it. Uh, Lord, I do uh, just pray for my marriage personally, uh, that you would get the glory. And I pray for everybody else here in Pass Point or somebody who's going to listen to this, that uh, they would just really uh, desire to see you glorified through what you've instituted uh, with the picture of marriage. So, Lord, I pray that you would uh, uh, just bless your word, uh, just uh, preach today um, through... uh, through the speaker, uh, Doug Howie, and that uh, your word would go forth boldly. I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. All right.